0: Welcome to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White. I'm Hardy White. Join me now, won't you? As I'm experimenting with... I'm Hardy White! With uh, moving closer and farther away from the mic for the intro. Join me now, won't you? In a world. Like that, and then go... I love you, like that. And it's a work in progress. Everything is a work in progress. And there's not necessarily progress. That's the thing. Milky, the little boy who liked to go places and do things. Once, there was a little boy named Milky. He liked to be in bed, but also he liked to go places and do things. There he is in bed. Hang on. One day, he went up into space and made friends with a spaceman. There he is up in space. You see? Next, I'm going to go to the bottom of the ocean and establish a kingdom where I will violently overthrow the uh, Poseidon and uh, destroy his minions. There he is. This undersea kingdom. Go back. Go back. Which way? How far? To where he's eating the lemon. Oh, okay. Hang on. It's in the very beginning. Want well, to hang on. Well, let's just go forward. I, uh, uh, you know what? I don't think this is going to work. I wanted to read something to you, and at the same time, show you some pictures and all like that because I have so great memories of being a child and having someone read you a book and then show it to you. And I would still like it to be that way, but with modern novels. Is there any way that I can go to a book club where we sit around and we read, I don't know, maybe something really difficult like Finnegan's Wake, but we don't read it, you read it to us. And then when you're done, you just show us the page symbolically. I know there's no pictures. If I see that there is a TV show or a movie and it says based on a graphic novel There's two things, I think. One, it's going to be sex and violence, because graphic sometimes means that. Say, oh, I can't show this to the children. It's very graphic. So it could be that, but it also means that you, at some point, used a graph to figure things out. So it could be like that, like a comic book. Now, how do you use a graph when you're making a comic book? You list all the things that children like, and then the bars are different heights for the different likes. So you say children love uh, adults in very tight, muscular adults in tight costumes. That's a very high bar. Something low would be financial or real estate advice. They don't want that in their comics. Oh, heck. When I used to read the funny papers when I was a child, I read them silently. There were people that read them out loud. I remember seeing there was a show and um, I can't remember. You know what is so awful about a lot of children's show hosts from the 60s and 70s and maybe the 50s too is this stolen valor thing. And it always is Captain So-and-So or like, is that a real captain? I don't think so. You know, Captain Scrubbo or perhaps not. I think that's... Not really a military veteran. I think it's the weatherman with some drawn on mustache. We know that's you, uh, Michael Abbott, who does the weather at 6 p.m. you know, no uh, Captain Fun Fun. But that aside, a lot of times they would read the Sunday Funnies, and I thought, that's what a lazy lack of material. Say, we need some jokes for the show. It's like, I know where there's jokes just lying around, where? In the papers. We could also read The Help Wanted. That'd be funny or love, like looking for love. Those are hilarious. Poor, lonely people are hilarious. So uh, that's all uh, things to consider. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to read that. But when I would read the funny papers, sometimes the, uh, the humor was adult humor. So, oh, I don't get this. like um, something about mortgage rates. Or genital size, or something. I go. I don't know that any of this is just over my head. This wizard, I would wizard of id would be a lot funnier, I guess, if I was more sophisticated and older. Then years go by. I'm older. I read them. They're gone. A lot of them are gone because Dick Brown did all of those, and he's dead. And sometimes they'll hire a new person, like Nancy. Completely keeps going because they'll and peanuts maybe too they take the the corpse of the this is gross, but it's just true it has to do with it's what happens in comic syndication. They'll take the corpse of the artist and they'll they'll put a new soul in it they'll find some art student who said i'll be are you willing to do uh, some- live uh, somebody else's life yes." Are you willing to put away all your artistic ambitions for originality and just be Charles Schultz from now on? Yes, yes, I swear I will. And so then they'll take their soul and put them in old um, Buzz or Skippy or whatever they called Charles Schultz. Duty. And then <laughs> he rises up again. And they've done this with uh, with uh, Bushmiller too, with Nancy. I know so many people have been uh, Bushmiller now. And it's wonderful. And all you have to do is just get that number of little nubs on Nancy's hair right. How many nubs is it? Because that's a secret number. And that's what makes all the humor funny. Just like those little rocks, the number of uh, Nancy rocks on the ground. The little, it's got to be a little cluster of three. I think it might be able to be two as well. But you'll know what I'm talking about if you if you've ever read How to Read Nancy, which is a fantastic book. I'm not here to talk about the funny papers. I'm not here to read children's literature to you. I'm here to read young adult novels, and I have one. Woo! Oh, it's going to be fun. It's so confusing being a teen. I'm going to just talk to the teenagers now. Hey, teenagers, this is your old friend Hardy. Are you Uncle Hardy? We're not related. Let's not. That's no, 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 no. Uh, I'm not kin. That's why I can be so frank with you. I can talk to you like that, just like I'm a school librarian. So I'm not going to lie to you. No, you're not. There's something wrong with you. That's me. And now, an uncle might try to console you and say, you're on the right path. If you're not on the right path, Hardy White's not going to tell you you are, unless he's confused. I was asked directions to the Baptist Hospital. No, no, no. Yeah, that's right, to the Baptist Hospital, which I know where it is. I could walk there in my sleep. And I gave these poor souls directions to the Catholic hospital because when they said, this is crazy, when they said the Baptist hospital, the Catholic hospital has a statue of who I believe to be, and that's what's important, St. John the Baptist, because I think he's Carrying Jesus, I don't know. It could be Saint Christopher, but I don't know. I don't know the difference really, when it comes to statues in front of hospitals. So they said Baptist, and I saw the Baptist himself. They said Baptist Hospital. I thought there I shall direct them to the hospital of the Baptist, not his followers, the Baptist Church, but the Baptist himself, who was is apparently Catholic, and is two a good two streets over, many blocks. And I sent them there, and they could still be there. This was years ago. And I've even talked about it on the radio. And you haven't been helpful. I thought, oh, surely a psychologist or psychiatrist will phone in. Because I've the rest of you have been wonderful about that. Physicians just phoning me in prescriptions for anything I want. Thank you just for having a radio show. Thank you so much for doing that. Is that true? No, you know. You and I both know it isn't. I can't get free records from bands. Well, and they usually they'll try to bribe you to get it Here's my record, play it on the air. No, I don't want free anything. I'm I'm joking. I like to pay. I, I I because I am on the radio. I insist on paying for things that are normally free. So I I you know even if they hand me a pamphlet or something the. The people at the airport, they don't have those anymore. Let's just pretend there's still Harry Christians at the airport. There's not, though. But I have some dated humor that I would like to do. If you were like me, and you like to watch the old talk shows from the 70s, you'll notice there's lots of stand-up comics, and some of them had very dated humor. It's really wonderful to see the way they saw the world then and, and their lack of concern for a joke being evergreen or not. I mean, my gosh, I remember seeing some impressionists doing impressions of uh, Dr. Ruth Westheimer. Who's that, Hardy? Exactly. Long after her 15 minutes of fame had expired. And everybody, all celebrities have a Best Buy date. And getting them afterwards, but doing an impression of them. I, you know, as you know, I tried to make a career out of doing an impression of just friends and people that I knew the audience wouldn't know. And my angle was, how are you gonna know whether I'm doing it right or not? But then eventually someone pointed out, Hey, Hardy, they don't know whether it's good or not either, whether it's uncanny. So people are looking at your art, Hardy, and they can't there's nothing they can do to evaluate it. Is it good or is it bad? They don't know. It's got to be by comparison. If you're not doing an impression of somebody that everybody knows, then what are you doing? I'm doing an impression of somebody that doesn't exist. No, you can't do that. Hey, there's no rule. There sure are. There's no laws. There sure are. Okay. Well, then be practical. Don't get arrested or anything. Stay low. Oh, my goodness. It's good to stand up for things, and unless uh, you, like uh, George Orwell, on the battlefield in Spain, he said, I'm going to stand up for my beliefs, and he stood up, and they shot him in the throat. He didn't die in Spain. I didn't say he died. so say he got shot in the throat. You don't die from that necessarily, but he shouldn't have stood up, and my understanding is he stood up because he was telling a story or something. That's the worst reason. So don't stand up in in, in a kind of uh, any situation, really, but especially the Spanish Civil War. Well, that uh, that said, I'm now gonna do a little something I put together about the Spanish Civil War, and it's a, a little puppet thing, a little puppet theater about um, these this group of they've thrown together this platoon of communists and anarchists and some international soldiers two of whom are from Japan. It's funny. It's funny stuff. I can't wait to do it for you. I've been working on it for a long time. The jokes are all recycled. I went back and got them from various uh, routines. You can go online. on YouTube gets some very, very old stand-up routines that aren't being used. And other than that they've got that watermark on them, You can you can use them as your own. And I don't mind if stuff is slightly watermarked. All the art in my house is. I do that when I do a painting. I just paint like, what's that, alarming or something over it like that. Or whatever the word is. Um, yeah, I own every, I own, I don't own any literal art, but I own things in your imagination. I meant to tell you, I'm so sorry. There are some things that I have copyrighted that you may be thinking. And I apologize for that. And you don't owe me a thing to use them right now, but um, just be aware that there are thoughts that are not your own. Oh my goodness, there are so many things that we carry around with us that we don't realize. That I have nightmares like that, and I go, "Is this this furniture? Is it? Do I own it or am I renting it?" God, I've been forgetting to pay for it. Am I renting? What am I taking for granted here? That I'm really friends? That I rent a friend and I'm still paying for Is that why this person calls me all the time? You paid for it a long time ago. It's still like $10 a month, but it's adding up. Oh, Lord. I don't have any friendship that costs that much. I guess, though, if you're really generous for a holiday, maybe. When you're young, <sighs> friendships are terribly expensive if the person plans to have a traditional wedding. Then you're sunk because you think, oh, I love being friends with so-and-so. Up and, They're an up-and-coming journalist or something like that. And then they have a wedding. And you're in your 20s, and it just breaks you, and that's it. And then you never recover. And then they go on, and they're all right, and they, they switch to law and have a comfortable living. And you're broken by their wedding. I don't even think they're still married to that person. And you're still paying for... When someone says one table setting of a china, how can that be hundreds of dollars? It's one table setting. I did not know. So I just said, put me down for a whole table, all four. I nearly went to jail. I had to sell everything. I sold all my family's stocks. What do you mean? Like stocks and bonds? No, no, the kind that you're, you put people's head in in the in the seventeenth century, what you know you put your arms and your head in it and, and and they lock you down in the town square. I think they're called stocks. My family had lots of them, and I sold them on eBay sold all of them had to because there's terrible wedding debt Mm-mm-mm. so you know that's how you can you can uh, crash a whole economy like that, invite them to a wedding. Especially if it's what they call a uh, um, final destination wedding, where everybody dies at the end. I think they have those. It's, it's, it's grim, and it, but it's exciting in a way, I guess. You know, y'all got to go sometime. Might as well go in this huge party on, on a, a Caribbean island. It's The island's right next to Exuma, and we're just going to have the party. And at the end, it blows up, and that's it. I think they're going to use it in a movie. Because why waste a good explosion like that? All those screams of people doing Foley. Foley, what is it? Why isn't there any of it in your show? If you're telling stories, and this is just like radio used to be, and it is isn't a way, well, then where are the sound effects? Because if the average radio listener tuned in in the 1940s, they would hear something like, this hello and welcome to the radio. Oh, there's somebody walking in sand, <laughs> and that is all done by sound effects artists called Foley artists. What does that mean? The early ones from from Appalachia, the people that did this, and they would say, you know, how's it gonna make thunder? And they'd say, y'all to use some uh, tin fall like that. What Tinfall. fall? fall. And then they would just say fall or folly, like that. So it could have been foily if they were from, you know, what should we use? Tin foil. Oh, we're doing foily. But that's not, didn't work out that way. So it's called "folly." And sometimes I'll just go like that with my cheek. And when I'm, I'm saying, oh, I'm, sla- I'm hitting a, uh, a, a raw steak. But it's just me, I grab my cheek like that. Some of it's really low-tech. But others, is very high-tech. And I will stage entire scenes. Sometimes I'll call the uh, 911 and I'll say, you've got an emergency! And I'll put a mannequin out on the front lawn and I'll strap fake dynamite to it. And oh, the bomb squad comes and the uh, all the police and the firemen and the EMTs and everything. And I get the fantastic... Sound effects, and I don't have to pay any royalties. That's one way. And then I bring it to you. Because you said, keep it, keep it real, you once said to me on the radio. How is my radio different than others? What is the difference between this and just some other ordinary, ordinary loser? And I'm not an ordinary loser. What's the difference in your show and that? I am aware of what I lack, of what this show lacks. So I'd say self-awareness. Yes, there's an honesty. Could it be better? Yes. Should there be more information? Yes. Music? Yes. Creative things going on? Yes, yes, yes. Why don't you do it? Why not don't I? Why not wouldn't I not? Who am I to not know what I would or would not do? And so I don't even go there in my brain. I just say, hey, I got a show to do, and I do it. You want to give these people a story? say, do you have a story to tell them? I'll make up a story, I say. I'll make up a story. Once upon a time, there was a young man, and he ran an inn with his parents, and they were killed by pirates, and so he ran it by himself. And he would serve them rum, and one time a man came in, a dying man, And he said, I've been targeted by pirates. Give me rum, Jim. And the young boy gave him rum. And he said, There's a bad pirate after me, and he's coming in here. And then one did. And then his name was Blind Pew because you could smell him before you saw him. And then they all went to sea in an apple barrel. It's a work in progress. It's a work in progress, but here's the thing. So I decided, how old are you, Hardy? I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm embarrassed, but I'm not too old to go back to school. And so I did. So I went down to the university. I marched myself right into the office, and I did march. And they were going, are you doing a protest? They go, I'm not doing a protest. Are you a Nazi? I'm not a Nazi. Thank you for saying it that way. 40s nostalgia. I am marching into this office to sign up for graduate school. Graduate school, do you have a degree? Well, yes. I'm. Well, not yet. <laughs> That's why I'm here. We have to start with a lower degree than that. Whatever you got, listen. I'm here to be, to learn. And yes, I know I have lots to teach as an older person, but I'm here to learn to write. I want to learn, write. I want to be able to write, not just write things down, but I'd like to be able to know how to do it. Where you write it down, And then you get in advance. So teach me. I am a open blank book. And maybe you can help me write an award-winning Nivala. You'll teach me how to say all these things. But listen, I'm eager. And um, maybe someday I'll be an English professor. Who knows? You know, I know I'm just starting a student right now. Why not set your heights high? You'll be very old. I don't care how old. The, ch- the children do not listen to you no matter what age you are, so you might as well be in advanced age. Then you can guilt them at least. Um, I think we can leave because he's asleep. I'm not asleep. I'd love to do things like that, and they'll remember those things. That's the thing about education is what do you remember? Do you remember... The, t- the boring teacher who just told you the facts, or do you remember the one that would, like, scream obscenities? And I'd say it was it's a mixture. But we all have uh, something to teach and something to learn, and I don't think it's too late for me to go back to school. And you know I have already have a lot of strengths. I have to forget a lot of them. You know how it is because they'll want to teach me their way of writing. Say, sir, we have a certain way of doing these things, and I'll go, yes, I know. Please continue. At, then we'll workshop this stuff. So they're going to workshop my version of Treasure Island. Whoop! I gave it away a little bit. Yes, it's Treasure Island. You know, what? there's nothing new under the sun. So I picked a story that I knew. Well, they say, write about what you know. I know Treasure Island. I've read it a couple times. No, in your own life. Never, I've never been to sea with pirates. Why would I do that? Who, 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 who wants to? Who wants to? If I'm going to write pirate fiction, it does not make any sense that I would write about my own life. And I am not going to, at this age, go to sea and become a pirate. That's absurd. Besides, it's violent, and they take things and hurt people. That's not me. It's not me. But listen, this is something very interesting. At my age, I don't think they'd let me go and become clergy in, in any denomination because they'd go, well, you're too old to serve now. We went, how would you be a youth minister if, you're, if you smell like camphor? And I'll say, listen to me. Every single mustard jar started from a mustard factory a tiny little dream in somebody's eye a seed planted in business school no doubt saying why don't you take some favorite condiment from your childhood buy a factory come up with a label maybe it's fun maybe it's conservative I like Mr. Mustard's fun. Isn't he fun? He's all angular and 60s. Right? Looks like Gene Deitch designed him or something. Love it. And then you make mustard. You have a mustard factory. Voila, voila, voila. Oh, my goodness, friends. Are you still dreaming? I'm dreaming this. You may be dreaming this. Have you ever gone to sleep with my radio show on? I have. I'm convinced that there has been more than one person who has died listening to my radio show. Because, you know, I've been on so long that I'm just absolutely lousy with dead listeners. And sometimes I find out who they are, sometimes I don't, but it's, it's terrible, i got to admit. But it's also beautiful in a way. Because I imagine that wherever they are, they don't have to listen anymore. And that's what a blessing for them. They don't have, they'd be so worried in life. You know how worried you are. You go, I gotta. Oh, it's Thursday. It's six at Eastern Standard Time. I gotta turn in, tune into Hardy. It's Thursday again. Thursday night. God, it's Hardy night, and oh, wears you down. But then, you know, life is beautiful in a way because we're separated from that. We don't have to worry about that at some point in our life. Even the last, if you're sick and dying, you want to listen to Hardy? No, not really. Are you sure? Because no, please, no. It really is. I agree. It's something for, it's a show for people who haven't, who are still taking life for granted. My show is for people who think they have all the time in the world. I don't mind that. I don't want you to think otherwise. You can go listen to, go listen to Memento Mori's uh, songs about death. That's a good show. Do we even have that anymore? Is Memento Mori still on the air? Is he still here? Let me ask the producer. Is he? Does Mori still have a show where he plays just all death themes? Yeah. Oh, that's great because he's got um, uh, Bertzilla Wallen singing a conversation with death, and um, I love that. I don't know if you know that song. You might know that song from Oh God, where are that? What is that? Oh brother. Oh, brother, what's it called? Oh, brother, where art thou? And it's, it's not sung by Bertzilla. It's sung by um, someone who's alive, which to me takes some of the bite out of it. I love it when it's done by the dead person. But Bertzilla Wallen, are you going to play the cut? No, I'm not going to play the cut. I'm just describing it. But she is an Appalachian person from, um, I want to say Sodom. North Carolina. You're making that up. No, oh, I'm not, though. Madison County. I think that's where the Wallens are from. But this is, uh, it and it goes like this. Death, oh, death, how can it be that I should call? I started too high. I started too high. It's, have you ever done that with the national anthem or something? You know, I'm never going to hit that high note because I started too high. There's a lot of things like that that you can be too high to start, as, as I, I like to say. Um, boy, this that's a funny confusion when you confuse height with, like, how stoned you are. Like when people go, "Well, oh, make sure it's better for your lawn's health if you cut your grass high. So, you know, that led to some problems. Oh, why is there—someone has mowed letters into the lawn. He must have cut his grass high. I think he did, but it's good for the lawn, they say. What kind of grass you have over there, buddy? Oh, it's uh, bent grass. It's uh, zoyster oh, I can't even think of any grass types. I used to know a lot. Bermuda. Uh huh. Oh, my God, the most terrifying thing happened to me the other day. I meant to tell you. I was listening to one of those streaming services. I'm sorry. I should have known better. And, you know, they come up with playlists for you. And they came up with this playlist and this song came up and I don't care for the song, right? I'll tell you what it is in a minute, but well, you know. And I thought I was like swiping like you do, like, a, like I've heard on dating services. I'm not covering. I don't use them. Why? Even if I, if I was single, I wouldn't. If I was with somebody, I wouldn't. Um, how would you meet people? Why would you want to meet people? I don't understand that. I, I'm hiding from people. I'm going to get an app that's going to bring them to me? No, 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 no. If they get to me, I'll deal with it. But I'm not looking for trouble. So anyway, this, so I thought I was swiping the song away. And it says, you have added the song to the queue. I go, what, what queue? What have I done? And then somehow what I had done is that I had made this streaming service I had told it that I wanted every other song to be Kokomo by the Beach Boys. And so, you know, Bermuda, Bahanga, you know how it goes. I don't know the words. I don't want to know. Uh, and Kokomo, isn't that, I thought it was like in Michigan or something. I don't even think it's, a, it's an island getaway. So it's like we're 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 going to Kokomo. Oh sir, but dude No, the wife insists she loves that song. Okay, are you sure? Yes, Kokomo it is So I'm not sure it's I wonder if there's other towns that have that problem. They sound like a resort or something. We ended up going to Bermuda, Ohio. And it wasn't what you think it is. My there's Miami of Ohio. You can make that mistake. Yeah, my goodness town names, if there was only one, if there was some kind of union, then they, the towns would have to be original names, and you wouldn't have two Cairo's or two Vienas or something like that. You'd have to name it something original. How many Parises? I know, too many, right? The, uh, the Paris in Kentucky should be called Paris 5708 or something like that, Like uh, just out of respect. Now, uh, uh, wine, the, way before the Internet, hundreds and hundreds of years, the French realized this would be a problem. And so they made, like, rules about wines, what wines could be called and everything, from what region. And you couldn't call yourself a certain thing if you were not really from there. And, you know, you couldn't cynically say, this is, this is French champagne from French Nebraska, I guess the rules don't apply to people in Nebraska, but they were trying to, they anticipated that that person would be born and tried to pull that garbage and they weren't going to let it happen. How can we see into the future, Hardy? Are you going to offer me something? I know what's going on because I've heard these type of uh, of, of rambling uh, metaphysical shows before, you say. You're trying to chase off people who don't have the stomach or aren't willing to hear the real truth. You're trying to get rid of them in the beginning because you're about to get to something very significant and you want to make sure it's just for people who are sophisticated enough, intellectual enough, are strong enough emotionally and philosophically to handle what they are about to be told. Nothing could be further from the truth. I have nothing to say to you. I'm so sorry. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, even cotton candy has more substance than I do. Because that could lower or raise your blood sugar, depending on where you're at, insulin-wise. But I can't even do that. Oh, my goodness. I try to move you. I try to touch your heart. I want to do that. Part of me wants to be silly. You know when you... you, uh, if you were given power, not that this is power, but let's say you were a little kid or something and somebody made you an actual king or gave you some sort of power, you, you realize that uh, even little kids in their imagination know that with great power becomes great responsibility and they don't go around being a tyrant necessarily, do they? They sort of like, well, I'm going to use my power for good and I'm gonna keep people from fighting and I'm gonna keep everything right. I'm gonna reserve the... Uh, and uh, reserve the strategy of violence for myself only that's the ruler powerful ruler king and little kids when they play sovereign at least i would do this with my stuffed animals you know have this idea that i would i'm going to impose peace that one of us has to be ruthless right this is not going to be the society that i wish for is clearly not going to be done voluntarily isn't that strange though well, isn't that strange? Would not, there's no way, and anytime we discuss people living together, there's no way we can conceive of them ever voluntarily being peaceful and living with one another. We always think it has to be imposed somehow on them. I'm not, well, what do you think? I don't think nothing. I'm just saying, isn't that interesting? Not to me. I'm sophisticated. I'm not. I'm not. I'm still working on these things. I still have questions. I'm not even trying to answer all of them. Well, you should. Well, I'm sorry. What else should I do? Living life is hard, boy. And i tell you, people try to recruit you all the time for something that they're interested in, but they have no idea whether you're stupid or not. That's what I don't get. You know, I may be awful. Why do you want me? So, um, I'm just dumb. Let the dumb, why can't we just leave us alone and let us uh play cards or something. That's not for dummies. My goodness. It's a w it, life is hard. I find it to be intellectually challenging. I always have. Not I said, well you seem like a clever person. That is part of my defense strategy, my friend. There's a lot of things I learned this and I was taking um martial arts. No matter what somebody's Uh, physical prowess is or their self-defense ability, it might not exactly line up with the thing that they decide to project. For instance, it might behoove you as a person who doesn't fight very well to try to get people to to be too scared to test that out. So that's one thing. That's a strategy. It's not very smart because if they take you up on it, you're kind of doomed. If you're very good you might want to look humble because you also might not want people to try to test out their strength against yours. If you're known to be a good fighter or something, they might want to do that. So you might want to do the opposite and pretend you're kind of weaker than you are. You know, it's not necessarily the you show the world is not, doesn't necessarily line up with your strength or lack of it. A lot of the times, the you you show the world is just strategic as a way of avoiding trouble or confrontation or something like that. So, who knows whether the hardy that you see is anywhere close to the person that I really am? I could be dumber or smarter. Like, I doubt you're smarter. Why? Here's my theory. <laughs> I've heard you talk extemporaneously for long periods of time. All right. And you know, I believe I can there's uh I think I've I've sensed the limit of your abilities. Certainly verbally. I know, right? I know. Yep. So, you're an open book. Am I? You're an open book and we get to see it being written so we can see the misspellings and you're crossing out the words that have typos and look you can't hardly I don't spell very well. I think it I don't know whether there's a visual component to it or mental, but it's happened my whole life and no matter how far along I get in school and everything, I will write something and then someone will say, Look at this word, this is a this is not the word and I'll look at it and I go, Oh dang it, I don't remember typing that. And people have a very good laugh. Social media has made it worse for me because instead of commenting on what I've said, people will have a hearty, fun laugh at the fact that I don't know how to spell a very, very simple word. And so I don't know whether they feel relieved to go, he really is an idiot. I feel relieved. Or what it is. Or just it's fun to um, feel better than other people or something. But it kind of hurts my feelings because... I'm not trying to be, um, you know, college professor or anything. I'm just trying to express myself, and and sometimes the words don't look right on the page to me. And this goes for reading, too, which is why if I have to deliver a speech or something, I memorize it because I find it difficult to write it down and read it. And that's just, uh, I don't think it's a disability, I think it's one of those things I'm not good at. And so, I compensate. And all of this is compensation. I know that being funny is, if you've read um, Dazai, the uh, Japanese writer who wrote a a couple novels uh, that are really bleak, and in which his uh, character is very um, no longer human, I think is, is the name of one. And his character is very uh, hides behind humor and buffoonery, but he has nothing but self-loathing, and he just uses the buffoonery as a way of of uh, hiding all this self-hatred and disappointment and and bitterness. That's not me. I will say that's not me. I'm uh I've uh, I don't have a, a deep uh, self-loathing, which is good. I'm embarrassed. I get embarrassed. I'm still embarrassed about things that happened 20, 30 years ago, um nearly mortified by things I said to people who are probably not even alive anymore. And that's just, you know, the nature of memory. Um but I don't, uh, I don't blame myself. I think a lot of people are like that. We're self-conscious creatures. It's easy to be disappointed in oneself if you're trying to do a decent job at something. If you care, those are the kind of people that get disappointed or angry with themselves if they've uh, sort of aspired to something better. If they truly don't care, it's hard to sort of hate yourself. That takes a degree of caring. Oh, my goodness. Let's just have a little uh, amnesty day where we take it easy on ourselves for once because you could be making someone else's life miserable um, because because you are. So, do I have to to go through and find all the good things I like about myself? No, I don't think so. I think uh, language is a trap. I think it might be something that you need to do wordlessly. It is something that should be pure experience, you know, separate, because otherwise, if you start... Using words, say, I'm okay because I'm nice. I'm okay because I'm a friend. You're going to get trapped by language, too. And the same mantras that are trying to help you are going to come back and hurt you. You're going to get negative ones going. So we try to do this wordlessly. So you're not repeating, you know, I'm okay. You don't have to use that. We're going to we're gonna feel it. We're going to let it wash over us and what are we going to do we're going to use poetic imagery not words like what poetic imagery like a bubble bath made of trees ow i don't know man I don't know, uh, float, um, uh, I, I haven't thought it through, but I know words are sometimes the enemy. I know they're not going to deliver you the way you think they will. I think sometimes they are the programming language of a machine that we are trapped in that is running away from us, and the only way to break free is on the electricity that generates these words. Oh, no zeros and ones, only the raw energy, the little energy packets, that. It comprise the entire universe. That's where we're going to live. That's where we're going to make our poetry. We're going to make our poetry out of those things, out of atoms, not out of words. Words are going to fail us. Words are other people's. Other people have trademarks on words. They belong to them sometimes. Can you imagine trying to use a word for yourself that other people have taken and done such terrible things to? like poet or something. Oh my goodness. And you go to self-label and this thing, this label that you put on yourself has all this stuff on it, like chewing gum rock in in, uh, Stone Mountain, Georgia. Just years of stuff stuck to it. Repulsive expectations and misconceptions. Oh that, oh my goodness, then you come along and put it on. It's like an old musty Santa costume or gorilla suit. So you go you're in the new gorilla at the park? Yes, sir. All right, well go get the gorilla suit. It's an antique, it's been around for about thirty years. You're the about the eighty fifth person to wear it. All right, go put that on. That's what you're putting on. Those are the words the musty old suit mascot suit that smells like sweat and desperation and nonsense no air in there nothing to breathe in there just the suffocating limitations of other people's uh atrophied imaginations you are listening to what are you listening to i don't even know sir 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 are you quite done mr sir yes sir i am sir i could run for congress now i think because it's it's um it's always been absurd, but now it's like truly the language doesn't make any sense, so that I would be very much at home. You, you have been accused of being here. Why do you even think that I'm going looking to get you people disgust me? Um, I'm going to answer any questions that you put to me. Well, I got a question. What's wrong with you and your type? I could do that. I could do that. Um, just be chaotic. I love it. When I was young, there was a show on. It has not held up very good. Don't rush and watch it. Called Get Smart. And it was created by Buck Henry and Mel Brooks, and it starred a man named uh, Don Adams. Uh, would you believe Don Adams? Yes, I would believe Don Adams. And it was—he was a spy. It was funny. It was like a parody thing. And silly. and I loved it because he went—he'd get into a phone booth and he'd fall. down some kind of shaft to his death every, the beginning of every show. But it was a spy thing and the good guys were called Control. I don't know how I feel about that. And the bad guys were called Chaos, but with a K, which makes sense because I think the other one is really called Chow's. And um, an agent of Chow's. But Chaos, and this had a K, and these agents were international. So they weren't spies for any one country. They were just people that were out there to make the world worse for no good reason. And we're there. now we're there. Now, I'm not on that side, but I'm also not on the side of control. And all the control agents had numbers as names. So there was, you know, 99 from the song. 99, I've been waiting so long. That's from that. The main guy's name was 86. 86, which in the military means to throw it away. So that's a funny. That's funny. And it's a throwaway line. But 86. Oops, back again. And then um, the robot's name was Jaime. And then... The chief's name was Chief. Get to the point. I'm getting to the point. I'm getting to the point. Chaos. Yes or no? Do we like it? Is stirring the pot a good thing? If you're trying to get some kind of thing to build up on the bottom of the pot, some kind of crusty, half-burnt substance, and that's, that's what you want, no, you don't want to stir the pot. You want to let the pot sit there and get some goop on the bottom. You want to diffuse things? You want to diffuse the heat? Stir the pot. I know that seems counterintuitive. So to stirring the pot actually makes things worse. No, you're thinking of that is poking a hornet's nest. Stirring the pot actually diffuses the heat, can keep it from boiling over. Do you understand? Know no. Do you understand? Know I'm, I'm now calling all agents of neither control or chaos. All agents of Chow's. All my Chow's. Oh, you're so beautiful to me. All my secret agents. That's what we are out there. It's a secret agent society. And I'm the voice that comes on. See, the people in charge, in control, they will never find us because they will never suspect that this lone radio voice in Jersey City, New Jersey, a town no one's ever heard of, can be broadcasting to the entire world and organizing a movement, a world movement movement of hearts that really truly want to transform existence itself they want to transform the experience of being alive into something that is beautiful and expansive that celebrates itself that is aware of itself Oh, if we could all just wake up and see ourselves in others, I mean the literalness of it. We all are kind of connected. No, we're not kind of connected. We're one stupid thing that doesn't recognize its own hands. You know, it bites its own feet. It's scared by its own tail. Those are creatures. We, don't, we can look into one another's eyes and still not see ourselves. It's spooky. That's you. It's like looking into the uh, mirror after something's happened to your brain. Who is that? Papov? that's you. What? Papov? that's you. That's where we are as human beings. You see when I say, Papaw, that's, that's you. That's not a foreign child or something. That's you. Oh, I'll tell you what. You say, well, there's things I love better than myself. Right. Well, that's you, too. Oh, I reach out my hands. Where are they going? They're not going anywhere because I'm in a recording studio. But that's good to know. I get an awareness. I need an awareness of where I am, too. Because sometimes I, I close my eyes and I don't know where I am. And then I start get getting real impatient because I'm thinking the waiter hasn't even come over and given us water or, or greeted us yet. But then I'm not in a restaurant. I'll just be at home. And so all that getting myself worked up for nothing. There's no waiter. Besides, I meant server. I don't know. Waiter, that seems like gender specific. But I think they're switching to actor from actress just to actor. Everybody's an actor. There's no reason getting rid of the words. So let's just waiter for everybody. It seems neutral. Someone who waits. You're waiting on somebody. Server. We're using server for something else. So, you know, right? Like computer. But there's computer waiters. I know that. They're at the ramen place. The ramen place I go to has a robot as the waiter. And um, I tease him. I go, when I see him, I go, bitty, 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 bitty. Hey, Buck. Like that. And he doesn't know. He's so young. He's only like five or something. So he goes, you know, I don't get the reference. I go, well, there was a... Never mind, whatever. And he'll get, I get a lot of Star Wars jokes. I go, that you get. Yeah, but, well, this other one, uh, never mind. But, um, oh, beautiful, young, young people. I love teaching them about the way things were when my grandfather was young. I skip myself. I really do feel like a kind of Isaac figure, you know? Like in the Bible, Abraham is somebody. Isaac's, you know, kind of a loser. Then it picks up again with Jacob and then uh joseph's the ultimate uh cool guy but uh, poor isaac you know he's a he's he's kind of a doofus and that's the way i feel it's just uh it's just have it's junior that's the thing with isaac he's just abraham junior and that's a rough place i'd love that the bible has a character like that so we're going to have a the god was thinking that he said i want to have like what are you thinking, God? I'm thinking. So we got our main guy, right? Then I want the next guy to be like, like a Frank Sinatra Jr. type. All right. What do you want to call him? I don't know. He, he she laughed or something. I don't know. That's what I. Isn't that what Isaac means? Oh, I'm not going to give you Bob. I wish you were my Sunday school teacher. I'd still be in Sunday school. I know because you would never have graduated. You poor thing. I'm sorry. I would have messed you up. The thing, though, with Sunday school, is like, who can't pass the test if it's myth? You know, it's like, is there a wrong answer? You know, who are the, I guess you could, but it is, I guess it's like, I took fiction tests in, in school, they'd say, what are these characters from Bleak House, or one of those? Was your education like that? Mine was nothing but Dickens. Just Dickens, 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 always reading Dickens, and... I remember when we got to hard times, I was like, oh, it's the shortest Dickens. But then, I, you know, ah, it's all my least favorite, too. But, yeah, it was just mainly Dickens and then also Hardy. Not, not me. I wish. Thomas Hardy White is it would be a really fun person to meet. I love those kind of portmanteau celebrities, jam them all together. We used to do that in school. We used to try to come up with them. they go, oh, Gigi Steve Allen was my favorite one. Um, he pee on the phone book was my joke. Nobody gets that. You have to be exactly 60 or something. I realize that. I know that I, like all people, are dated. have a used-by date, like I said, and mine's probably long expired. And the young people all look at me and smirk and say, someday I'm going to be like that. I'm going to smell like... Uh, Tiger bomb, or whatever Hardy smells like. There's an odor. I thought it's this laundry detergent. I don't know what it is. I think it's a high-end perfume. It could be. Whatever it is that Hardy smells like, it's not the smell of youth. Oh, no, it's not the smell of freshness. And what does that smell like? Vaguely citrusy? But what do the old smell like? Oh, they smell like, like uh, Pu-erh tea. Or something else that's kind of nicely fermented. Something that you go, "Ooh, that's that's sat there a while, like an old book." Every time I've been collecting old thirties books, and every time I get one, not expensive, just uh, instead of buying a reprint of a book, sometimes if it's not one that's collectible, I'll buy the original, like nineteen thirties forty hardcover. The problem with that is that the uh, Pages have started to turn into an Egyptian tomb. So when you open them up, sometimes you have spores from ancient cheese that will be released and they'll try to kill you. And you'll be the first person that has sniffed this book in many, many years. And you'll be able to see how many because a lot of times they languish in public libraries. I love getting books like that that have spent their lives in a public library and only three people have checked it out in 40 years. And finally they just give up on the damn book and they say, we're going to sell you to somebody, to the one person that really wants you. Instead of waiting for all this, you poor, poor thing. It's like being at the orphanage for, you know, until you're 60 But finally, somebody found you. Your daddy, Hardy White, wants you. Oh, he knows that you're not just pulp detective fiction. That you're you're unique. You, you wonderful Rufus King novel from the 40s. That's me. That's my life. And I hope that your life is going all right, you know? Oh, bless you. Have a laugh. Laugh. Lower your expectations would be my advice hug if people if you found anybody that will let you hug them like at church or something go there go there get the hugs they're not always going to come from the people you want them to just go and and get them um I, I I volunteer to hug people all right a lot of times they'll let you put on some kind of coat. If some people hug me, I, I get one of those. If you go to see Shamu, the people in the first few rows get some kind of visqueen, you can get that when you hug some people. Say, I'd like some kind of, you know, some kind of latex dam between you and I. There's nothing wrong with that. I love you. Oh, humans, wonderful trapped here together. You know, as Rorschach said, I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. And I think it's a, what a wonderful prison it is to be in together. And this hour has gone so fast. Oh, my goodness, you know, uh, with no music or nothing, just me talking. How did an hour go so fast? I have, I tuned out a long time ago, Hardy White. I'll bless you so much. I love it. You're so honest with me. And yet you still are kind to me. And so many of you are. And I appreciate that. I'm going on 12 years. And a lot of you have been relentlessly kind and nice to me and generous. I don't know quite to do what you could say thank you. I know, I know. You could thank you could thank people more. Noted. Thanks, I will. Oh bless you, my, my friends. Um, you are listening. What am I listening to? About to tell you. You're listening to Miracle Nutrition. With Hardy White on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, 91.9 in Rockland County, and New York City, New York, and online, worldwide, at WFMU.org. Freeform Radio, free of form, men radio, all the time, every minute, all rock and roll. No, it's not all rock and roll, it's all different sorts of things. Oh, bless you for being with me today. And I now I'm offering you up a blessing, a blessing for uh, world peace and sanity, a blessing for individual peace in your soul. I don't know what kind of things physically, mentally, spiritually plague you right now, but oh, my beautiful sibling, my wonderful, sweet, tender, rare soul. Oh, I... If I could hold you in my palms and cradle you and uh, wash away all your worries, I would. Oh, my goodness, I'd like to take your pain and banish it and let you know that uh, you are loved theoretically, if not literally. So just that sometimes that's the best. Somebody out there uh, conceivably loves you, and you may never know. See you again next week.
1: Name was Ebony. Her name was Mahogany. Twins name was Ebony. Her name was Mahogany. Twins name was Ebony. Her name was Mahogany. Twins name was Ebony.